Hello and welcome back to Football Daniel, your home of Dutch football. It is time for an Eredivisie season preview podcast. New season's upon us. I know lots of you've been waiting for this. Who's going to finish top? Who's going to finish bottom? Much else besides um, all that to look forward to in this bumper Eredivisie season preview podcast. I'm Michael Statham, joined by Mike Bell. Both of us are ready for the new season at Football Adania. Much more to come, of course, on our website, on our YouTube channel and on our social media platforms. So yeah, get following, um, get involved, get commenting below. What does your table look like? Who do you think will win the league? Um, we are going to show our table predictions, of course, a little later, but we will begin with the top of the table. Let's get straight into it. And Mike, we have just come into this, actually, having watched a final against Pierce and Johan Kalskal as like a first indicator of a new season. Let's talk about Feyenoord, the Eredivisie champions, and I believe the favourites, just about the bookmakers, to win the league again this season. What have you made of their summer, and what do you make of their chances again this season? I think they've had a very good summer. I think that you know you had to worry that Swat was going to go. I think that him staying is a massive bonus. They've lost Kutchu, and yeah, they're probably going to lose Kjertrauda. Um possibly before the, the end of the summer window, but I think they've strengthened well. Keeping Jimenez there, um, selling Daniel for as much money as they got him and then bringing in Ueda seems like a great, great swap. And yeah, their midfield, they've brought in, you know, Zaruki, Stengs, I think two very good signings. And I think that, yeah, they might have lost tonight and yeah, they didn't exactly play very well, but I think give it a couple of weeks into the season, I think they'll be firing all cylinders again and yeah i think i agree that they are going into the season as as the favorites to win the trophy again because i think that they are the most settled and probably have the strongest squad out of anyone in the top four yeah i agree with you there and whilst i know this podcast we will disagree with some elements of it we are <laughs> super geeky when it comes to this league and i think when you look at all of the outfits um in the top five final just do look the strongest they have in fact improved this team which did so well last season and the biggest factor has got to be on a slot isn't it that he is the best coach in this division and even though there are some talented managers now in Petter Bosch at PSV has done well in the league before but I do think that slot with his team again will go on strength to strength the only thing that could be a factor in this um, won't be necessarily injuries because they've got such a good squad and don't rely on one player in particular, which is a great strength for theirs. Could be the Champions League. If they go, um, let's say, into the last 16 or whatever in that competition, that could have an impact in a top three, which I think is quite close um, or will be quite close. We'll talk about Ajax a bit later. But um, in terms of playing squad, though, yeah, they they have definitely improved on that. The, the attack in particular is stronger now it's just a case of keeping keeping those players out. I mean, we're recording this at the beginning of August. There's a whole month, really, of the transfer window to go. They could lose a player or two, but it's not looking likely, is it? So, got to be the favourites. Yeah, I think that Gertrada's probably the only one that's going to go. I think there was a lot of rumours around Benfica and, and Jimenez if you know they sold Ramos to PSG. But, yeah, that doesn't look like it's going to happen. He signed his new deal. I think him staying is... Is a massive boost because I think he'll he'll kick on. I think he had a good season last year, but I think that even if you're looking at who's going to be the top goal scorer in the league, you're looking at looking at Jimenez, and I think that bringing in someone like Rueda for a club record fee will only kick him on more because he thinks now that he's actually got some competition. Because 
as much as Danilo was a good air divisi striker, I think that it was made pretty clear in the second half of the season that Jimenez was number one. But somebody else arriving for big money might challenge him to, to push forward. He's had a good summer. He won, I think he won a trophy with, with Mexico. So there are a lot of expectations on him coming into the season. I think that if you look at the, the West of strikers in the league, you'd probably say that he's possibly the best striker in the league. So, mm. yeah, I think that the Feyenoord go into the, the season pretty happy with our summer. And I think they'll look at across the rivals and, and Amsterdam, I'm sure we'll get into And some of our fans will be quite happy with what's going on over there. Yes, yeah, certainly. Just before we do, just a quick note on Calvin Stengs coming back to the league. We talked about him a lot of football down here before, but with Arsene Altmar, Dutch national team, on the periphery of that. Coming back to finals, do you think he has the potential to kick on um, under the guidance of Arne Slot? Sounds quite positive. Or do you think he's still going to be someone that never quite hit the heights we expected of him? Sadly, I don't think he's he's ever going to be the player that he first burst onto Sinway Z, where he was taken on everyone running down the right wing, looking like Aryan Robin cutting inside, shooting, looking like probably one of the best wingers that he never has produced in years. But that's because, you know, he's had horrific injury after horrific injury. It's changed his game. He doesn't have the pace anymore. Um, but it seems that he's been converted last year by Antwerp into a number 10 attacking midfielder. And that's yeah, where he played thing. today. He played, you know, through the middle. And he, he does look good. He's got creativity there. You can pick a pass. So, I think we can, you can kick on this season. I think that this is a big year for him, playing for a coach that he knows well, and a side that's playing in the Champions League. He's expected to go in for the title. If he's going to get back into the reckoning of the Dutch national team, then, yeah, this is the year for him to do it. And I like things. I've you know, not been in the, the camp that said that he's he's lost it, and he's, he's passed it, he's not very good. And I think he can come good again. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do um, in this final team. So that's fine on, I think, covered there. And we will be talking about every single team in the Eredivisie in this in this show. I think we should talk about Pierce 3 next because they finished second last season and uh, Dutch Cup winners in the Johan Krafskal. Um, they did beat Feyenoord. We're so optimistic that Feyenoord will, will win the league. Of course, we will share our table predictions a little later. Um, but Pierce have lost a number of players, I think. You know, a, a count good seven players that were in that first team squad last season and only really inserted a couple in, into that. Uh, Noah Long, um, Ricardo Pepe, two good players to add to, add to the um, striker forward line. But I think, to be honest, out of the players I lost, Chavis Simmons obviously stands out. Um, creativity, goals, but a lot of them, good players, but not great. I won't say mediocre, but I do think BSV can do better. Um, they're still holding on to a couple of players I did think would move on and might still do so this month. Um, Sangari for one. Um, but it's good to see Joey Veerman sort of taking a step up again. He seems to be up for the new season. Um, but the biggest thing, of course, is that Peter Bosch has taken charge as manager. I don't think many people rate him outside of the Eredivisie because they did not too aware of maybe the work he did in the league. But then also, if you've watched him um, in a couple of other countries, you can see why he's not quite so highly raised anymore. But I think there's something going for him um, coming back to PSV. And if anyone's going to dethrone final, I, I think it's going to be PSV. Uh, they have, I, I think, a very good starting 11. I think if a few injuries happen, they'll be struggling a little bit more. I'm not quite sure yet if they have quite enough goals to overpower teams when they're struggling sometimes, especially away from home. But Nolang, again, is a good addition. Um Yes, I just think they're still having the same problems as last season because defensively, 
I wonder whether our next player could be added there just to strengthen it. But Olivia Buscagli coming back from injury, that is going to be like a new transfer in itself because he's, he's class, I think. I think he's well above uh, the area to receive, really, in terms of what he can achieve. So he'll he'll know that have a really good season. Um, but yeah, talk to him, Mike. What do you think about PSV? Yeah, I think the PSV, probably a, a caveat that they're a club that's still got a lot to do in the transfer window, I think. Um, I think yeah. they're going to go out and sign two or three more players. And as you say, I think Sangari is going to go, whether that's to Nottingham Forest or another club that comes into them in the next couple of weeks. Um, we'll see. But what they have done is add two really good players in Noah Lang and, and Pepe. I think that, for me, that what I saw tonight from them was that they're going to be very fun to watch attacking-wise. I think that that's yeah. what Bosch is is known for, you know, kamikaze attacking football. Defensively, whether he can sustain that over a season and keep out the goals at the other end, which he's not been able to do in any position that he's had um, in his career so far. And it's why he's lost so many jobs is because defensively, he just doesn't seem to be able to, to organize anything really. And he just seems to be all out attack all the time. So that'll work with players when you have, you know, Noah Lang, Joey Veerman pinging balls there. You've got players like Sabari, I, th- I thought was very good when he came on today and he had a good summer Barry's in Morocco. 10 as well. Yeah. So I think he's exciting. They've got Isaac Rabadi, who made his first start tonight, and I thought he was very pacey, very exciting. And then you got Bakayoko still there, even though Napoli and PSG are sniffing around. It looks like he's going to stay. Um, expect more from him this season. So they do have enough in the attack to to hurt teams. Mm. What I think might happen through the season is their attack's very pacey, and then you still have Luke De Jong in there. I think halfway through the season, you might see Luke De Jong becoming the second striker and Pepe becoming the first yeah. one. I agree. That's my prediction for the season. I think that yeah. De Jong will start, but as the season goes on, you won't suit the style of play that they're going into. Then Pepe will slowly start making his way in there. And it's, it's the right thing to do. If you've got somebody that's aging, not as quick as he was, not really getting the service into the box that you probably would expect because players like Noah Lang and Bakayoko are really going to be crossing the ball in. Yeah, you still got Joey Veerman pinning crosses, but it's mostly going to be played on the ground. So wherever you take mm-hmm. out De Jong's main strength, there you go. And then you got somebody like Pepe scored a lot of goals last season for a really bad run against side. So I think that if you put him in a better team, he'll do well. So yeah, I've got no problems with the, the PSV attack. It's as you say, defensively, they need another couple of players in there just to, to add some depth because, you know, Brandfweight was... He did better than I thought he was going to do last year. When he signed him, I was a bit, like, a bit dubious, but mm. in the end, I thought he had an excellent season at the back for them. Um, it's a shame that they couldn't bring him back. But yeah, they've got, what, three, four weeks to add a new number 10 and probably another defensive midfielder when Sangari goes and a couple of defenders. And then, yeah, I'd say that they're definitely the main challenger to the final this season. And it all depends, again, what happens in Europe, how invested they get within that, um, because that that does have an impact on teams. And I, I just think that the gap between what could be a top three, top four will be quite, quite tight this season. And many things, of course, will affect that. So when we show their table predictions a bit later, you know, can't take it, only take it with a pinch of salt because thing, things can change, of course. And that brings me nicely onto Ajax because a lot could still change with this club. Um, probably one of the biggest talking points of 
of the league um, of the summer is the fact that Maurice Stein, first of all, has come in as manager from Sparta Rotterdam, a promotion that I do think he deserved, but the situation he's been thrown into is perhaps a little unfair. Um, and it's going to be tricky to judge just how well he's done already because of the rebuilding job he has on his hands. That the club have lost Dusan Tadic, um, uh, Jurgen Timber, uh, Calvin Bassey. And the thing with Tadic is that he left because he felt as though the, the, playing, the player's quality wasn't as high as it has been. He was promised to, brought to Ajax you know, to win trophies, to um, play in the Champions League. He won't get to do that, he feels like, with the club um, for the remaining years of his career. Perhaps, you know, there's two, three years left that he had. Um, players, a few players that are still there are happy. Those senior players that, again, went there to succeed, to play in a really good team. For me, I, I, don't, I don't think that attitude is... Whilst it served Ajax well at one point, I'm not sure that's what the club wants at the minute. It's not what they need. Players around that don't really want to be there quite. Um, they're like Stephen Burkhouse, for example, been very vocal in the media. And the players have been brought in. I mean, Branko van der Bowman looks like he could be a good midfielder. Um, will be important for them going forwards. Tahirovic, I think the jury's still out on him. He's come in, young player. Uh, Ramai is a goalkeeper. Probably going to be second fielder to Rui, who again, Rui doesn't seem particularly happy to be at the club at the minute. Um, and there's a lot of intrigue around Carlos. I might say his name wrong, so please don't kill me in the comments. But Carlos Borges, um, he's a Portuguese winger that's come from Man City. Hadn't played a senior game in his whole career, but um, Ajax beat West Ham to his signature. And as the left winger, lots of pace. I do think he could be very good. But let's get into them, Mike. What job has Stein got on his hands? Can he do it? And he's got so many players yet to add to his squad, hasn't he? Uh, Miss Lintat, the, the director, he's been, again, vocal in the media. It's been very noisy around Ajax, like it always is. But he's got a lot more deals still, still to strike. Um, if you th- I think at the moment, Ajax will be in big trouble in the Eredivisie. But the transfers are coming, right? If you're an Ajax fan, you're saying they're better. Um, yeah, it's been a terrible pre-season for them, results-wise, performance-wise. Mm. The players don't look like, half of them don't look like, there are to be there. Um, you know, mm. you've had Klassen being captain, which I think is a joke. I think that if you're giving him the captain's yeah. armband, that just shows you how bad the situation's got. Because I think, I that think he's Stein's seriously to... looking at him, though. Because, yeah, he should be going. But I think Stein's like, he's one of the only leaders left. But I, I also think that he thinks he's quality enough to be around. Yeah, because he's come out and said, like, it's up to Klassen to prove that he's good enough to be in the team, which isn't something you say about one of your key players. Like, if. Yeah. If, a, if an offer comes in from, I think he would go. I think that there was even rumours that they were talking about you know, ripping up his contract just to get rid of him. Um, and then you've got Berikaus getting linked to Turkey. You've got even, um, who was it? That's what today, Bergwijn getting linked to Saudi Arabia as well. And then you've got Edson yeah. Alvarez moving away. I think that Fabrizio Romano has just tweeted out that he's got an agreement with West Ham. So it seems like the, the goings out keep coming and keep coming and then yeah. it was only the weekend Stein was saying that oh that means that we can now spend so they had to get rid of three or four players financial financial fair play or just to get the money to actually bring in players but then the jury's out you know we've, we've sat and had conversations before um, about the quality of the signings that the teams are making in their divisi. you know that you're very vocal about I think it was Heracles one year signing players from the third division in Germany and for me, I actually be targeting the best players in the best leagues 
that are below sort of like European level. So like they should be looking at mm. they brought Dusantaric from Southampton when he was still a Premier League player. They should be looking at the you know basically mid table Bundesliga, mid table French league, mid table Italy below. They're in talks to sign somebody from St. Pauli today. He's you know twenty four centre back. And I'm thinking it's the second division of Germany really now where they're looking to strengthen the defence. Yeah, they're getting linked to a player from Dino Zagreb. He's going to cost them 20, 30 million. And if that, Mislintat's come in with a big reputation, but he's never really worked out anywhere that he's been at. So the jury's out. And the jury's out on his signings because they've signed a goalkeeper who has two first team appearances under his name to challenge, really. They're going after Borges, who's never made a first team appearance. Yes, the stats are very good at reserve level. But so are a lot of players. You know, Deshaun Radan looked like an absolute world beater for Chelsea under 23s. Comes into first team football and is absolutely immense. And he's now playing, I think it's the way it's just third division Italian team. So if I was an Ajax fan, I'd be worried because where's this quality that they're meant to be bringing in? I'm not seeing it yet. And the results in preseason aren't showing anything. You no, know, Branko van den Boomen is a player that I am very excited about seeing. I think that he is very good and I think that he'll be a player that they need to build around he might become the new leader of the team but you need to bring in some quality whether that's quality from their division or quality from top leagues to come in and make this team better There's, it's out there but it seems that Mislintat seems to have this little area where he thinks he's an expert in Germany and maybe some youth football teams that he's trying to pick up these players for and if these players don't work out then We'll see the, the table prediction soon, but the teams around Ajax are strengthening. If they don't strengthen their side, they could be in deep trouble this year. And if they go two years without Champions League football, then that's an absolute disaster for them. And we are having spent the money they spent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It could be it could be a real big step back for them because they spent um, a fair bit of money already this summer, and it could be more. Like you said, on these kind of unproven players, I do think a couple of them could really work out. Um, who, you know, one they've already signed, but also one or two more that I've been linked with. There's even talks that Hakim yet could really be coming back, but I don't know how true that is. You, you don't, do you? And until it's September the 1st or 2nd, whenever this transfer window closes now, um, we won't know quite how strong Ajax are, but I can see or fear that there's no strength in depth. I mean, they, they played um, two teenagers at centre-back in a pre-season friendly. I know Gerald Harto's in for a good season, um, looks a cracking young player, but they had nobody else, and that that's sending alarm bells to a lot of Ajax fans. You can't put this team together to challenge the Eredivisie title in, in that short notice. I still have doubts over the likes of um, Kenneth Daler and Divine Delench. I don't think they are Eredivisie top three quality, personally. Taylor more so, but Wrench maybe not. They're there to prove me wrong. I hope they do, because I think you know they deserve all the best. That they could, they I want. They would prove me wrong, but I, I don't think that they are the level that Ajax had three or four years ago at all. I think they wouldn't get anywhere near that, those teams, but they're now starters, hands down, because there's no one that's challenged them. Uh, uh, and yeah, what a Stein within all, all of this that he must have joined knowing this would happen. Maybe he wants his challenge, maybe he just wants a chance to take on a, a top three team. Um, the opportunity is too good to turn down, but yeah, if this goes wrong for him. Do the club stick by him? Do they look at Miss and Tap first? Do they look at Stein first? 
what happens for you? Well, I think that Stein's the one that'll take the the brunt of the blame if if anything starts to go wrong. But I doubt he's the one that's pushing for these players to be signed. I doubt he's gone to no, listen that and said, I really like this boy who plays for St. Pauli. It's it's definitely him that's in charge of the transfers. And again, it should be his neck on the line when it comes down to it. But we're going past this. The club are in this situation not because of what they are now. It's because of what have happened ever since Overmars has left. The mismanagement, the misscouting that they did last year, you know, bringing in Calvin Bassey, bringing in um, Sanchez, bringing in players like really, even really hasn't really hit the heights of not really. Some fans really want him to be to be taken over by another goalkeeper, and then you've got you know Conse Sal who shows glimpses, but you, you can't get into the team. You go back as far as Dorami. I mean, signed him, did absolutely nothing, loaned him out, and now he's going to link to Burnley. It's misstep after misstep after misstep. You got front, Luca came in, did nothing. You got Brian Broby came back. Hasn't been good. So if you are somebody like Dusan Tadic, who's looking into the last few years of his career, wanting to win trophies, you're looking around that dressing room thinking Kenneth Taylor's going to be a starter. David Carson's going to be a starter. I've got Brian Broby up front. I've got the defence who can't defend with Sanchez, Bassi, really in goal. The leader's a 17-year-old kid. Like It's an absolute shambles. And, and no wonder he's decided to go. And he's going to a club where they've brought in some really quality players in, in the Fenerbahce side to actually challenge for to reach the Champions League and Ajax this season yeah they can play Europa League but then next year they could be playing Conference League the year after that they could not even be in Europe if it continues like this it's a shambles and maybe they'll have to look at the academy but even their academy even their young side I don't think there's anyone really coming through that you can say they're definite you know Miss Ahoy Kaloka they're okay they're really good talents but have shown nothing in pre-season to say that they're absolutely ready for a division football. And then you got Van Axel Dongen, who is just injured all the time. Fitz Jim, who's not even featured in pre-season. It's, yeah, it, they need at least three to four more players this summer to even have a chance of challenging for, for top four. Mm-hmm. Top four, wow. I mean, that's a bit of a, a, a window into your table, Mike, which... Again, I promise listeners that we will bring up. Um, of course, if you're listening to this on YouTube, you'll get to see that very, very shortly. Um, and a shout out again to anyone that's watching. Thank you for watching, listening to this. Um, subscribe to Football Danny if you're enjoying this. Much more Dutch football to come throughout the season. Give it a like as well. Um, let's go on to RZ, RZ Altmar. Last season's fourth place team. And one that I really just want to keep an eye on is a team that, could always end up winning this league, but because of the steps they've taken back again with selling some key players, bringing in lots of youth, youth players, but young players and, and actually players in their youth team, they're just an unknown quantity. And with the run in Europe as well, predictably to come, you just don't quite know how far it could go. But I think looking at some of the players that come in, they're going to take time to settle in. Um, they've lost Reinders, Kirkes, Berkemer, and Van Housden. Um, brought in lots of players. I don't, I don't know them are over the age of 21, 23, even. Um, you've got Cassius, who's coming as a right back. Wolf, who's a left back from Norway. Um, Ruben van Bommel, who I'm sure we'll talk about very shortly. And a couple of Portuguese players. We've got Dantas, who's a quality midfielder. I think he could be 
great addition. And um, Alexander Panetra, who is a centre-back come right-back, but I think Isaac will play more as a centre-back. He's come from basically like a mid-table Portuguese club. I think it's great scouting. I'm, I'm pleased that Isaac have shelled out some millions to get him in. Um, yeah, though, that Portuguese duo could be could be brilliant. Um, and Van Bommel as well. Might, I know they might lose a couple more players yet. Pascal Janssen's a good manager. He could really put his name out there this season, couldn't he? If I would have a very strong campaign and tell us about Janssen, tell us about some of these young players. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, he's as I say, a club I always look at and they make me happy most of the time. You know, there's a point last mm-hmm. season where I wasn't too happy at the start thinking they weren't going to have a good season under Janssen, but they're a team that just likes to give young players a chance and they've got such a good academy and, you know, the one you have a youth league last year and going into the yeah. season, I think that they're signing young players to bring them through. If you're looking at Dutch talents that I'm sure we'll get later on, you know, the best young players to watch, but you know, AZ have most of them because they're the ones that are probably going to give the chance to the likes of Meerdink to Van Bommel to Poku, who's had a great preseason. Um, and even going into midfield, you know, Kenzo Goudmine's back from his loan away from Excelsior. And at the back, you know, it's a shame Ghost got injured because he would have been probably a starter there. And yeah, yeah. throughout the team, they've got so many top young Dutch talents that are coming through and they're going to be exciting to watch. But even then, you've got a spine there that's good enough to be challenging at the top of the table. You've still got Pavli that's up front. I know that there's been to see a club sniffing around him and he could go. But Right now, he's still there. He's still got Jesper Carlsen, even though he keeps getting linked to where he moves to Italy, he keeps getting linked to moves yeah. to Spain. He's still there. I actually think that AZ might be a bit better off if they do get rid of him, but I might be hmm. alone in thinking that. But as long as he's there, you know, he's still a quality winger. And then it's even a tricky one forward, because I just want to come in that Carlsen point. Um, a cracking player, I think, is exciting. But Arze did struggle a lot of the time to break down defences last season. It happened against West Ham in the Conference League semi-final. And when they were up against low blocks in the Eredivisie, and then they struggled to get those wins, it was some draws in there. Um, and if they turn those into wins, of course, they 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 get into that top three, top two. And that's part of my worry, though. You're, you're bigging up RZ for all the right reasons, but they have the same players, so they'll have the same struggles as last season, surely. The same, some, some of the same players, you know, you look at players like, they are young, so they're coming through, they've had a year experience more. I think Van Bommel is something different that he didn't have. He's more of a goal scorer on the wing. Pocky, he didn't get a chance last season, but in preseason, he's the one that's been creating everything. He's the one that's been scoring the goals. In midfield, yeah, you don't have Reinders. I think that Reinders for me was, if you're going to talk about the most underrated player in Erdogan last season, for me, it was him. Because what he did in that midfield and what he showed in Europa League as well, Europa Conference League, sorry, was, was excellent. That's why he's earned the move to AC Man. But when you never spoke about Reinders, you always got people saying, oh, he was really average, or he didn't really do that much. But I think he was behind most of the creativity in that AZ midfield last year. Scored goals, got back, tackled, he did everything. Like, I thought he outshone Jordi Classy, and there some people saying that Jordi Classy should have been in the Netherlands side. But... Let's see how the two new boys from, from Portugal do. They've got Danny DeVitt back. You know, he missed most of the season for injury last year. And he's a key player in there for scoring goals. So I think that, yeah, they do still have some of the same players there. But you've got youngsters that are a year older. You're going to have more chances to players like Meerdink to to develop. You've got 
Van Bommel on the left. You've got Van Broderode coming into another year of him, another year of him improving. Paku from the right. In midfield, you've got new faces, extra creativity. You've got Danny DeVitt coming back. Then on the, the fullback situation as well, you, you don't have Kirkes anymore. You had to bomb forward. But you've got you've got Wilf and on the right, you've got Cassius as well. And Cassius, for me, you know, Neverland's under 21 international, did well at Bologna, can come in there. And I think he'll be maybe a top quality out of his right back. So for me, yeah, they're not done on the transfer market. I still think they could do one or two more players. And yeah, probably an attacking midfielder in there to, to create some chances. But I think they're they're looking good. And I wouldn't rule them out of being an outside chance to win the league if everything clicks. Mm. Mm. Or they could finish fourth. But I don't have a pessimism around the young talents there because they showed last year that they're good enough. In a year for year now you give them a chance. I mean, some of the best young players in the Netherlands are in this AZ side. And then you can give, you know, first team debuts to a die. There's midfielders that haven't got uh, a look yet. They're in there. Yeah, I think this AZ side is, is something to be excited for going into the season. Okay. Yeah. And for reasons I can totally agree with you with, that they have quality and they look in a lot better shape than, for example, Ajax at the moment. They don't have all the changes that PSV do, for example, we you know your manager. Um, but let's see. Let's see. You know, I think we've had a lot of people that have been listening and watching that have been very patient and they'd love to see our table predictions now, Mike. So I'm going to put them up on screen. Um, so a bit of debate. And of course, we will talk about each team individually throughout this show so we've only talked about four so far got another 14 to go uh let's find the window there it is and share is that on screen mike yeah that's there so as as people can see we've got finals um as winning the league again psv finishing second but i think my eyes were drawn straight away when i saw your table mike that you put rz as third over ajax and that's got to be because of the situation Ajax are in at the moment, um, hasn't it? What if Ajax go and sign three or four players? Let's say one of them is Hakim Ziyech, for example. Do you think they can finish then back in that top three, maybe even second? Yeah, uh, this is all based on you know what we're looking at on the 4th of August and the situation that's going mm. around the club at the moment. So this is all very much a month before the season, like the, the transfer window shuts. This is my prediction. If, if the season started now and you know, they told Ajax, you're not allowed to sign anybody else between now and the, the end of the season. This is what I think would happen. But if Ajax have the ability to go out and sign three to four good players, if Hagen Ziyech comes back, if they get another striker, you know, someone like Myron Bordeaux, who's available, um, yep. then yeah, they can challenge up top. But with the squad that they have at the moment, I can't see it being anything other than a disappointing season, but that can change in the next four weeks. And I hope it does change for Ajax fans because... You know, you want that competition yeah. at the top. You want it to be a really, really close title race. And I think that it will be between the top two. I think that it's going to be very, very close there. I want Ajax to be part of that. But just looking at the moment, it's it's, it's not good. And it needs to change in the next four weeks or it could be a sticky one. Whilst I, I am pretty set now with what I think the top positions could look like, I do... I, I will admit that they, this will be tight. I don't think this is going to be predictable this season. And um, I'll make that point again when I say that I annoyingly picked the same top six in the same order they finished at the end of last season. It might happen again, but I really just don't see it happening. 
there's going to be one or two big surprises in there. Be a team that breaks into his top six. There could be a real miss. You know, RZ, for example, finishing second. You just don't know. Um, but I'm, I'm all for seeing these changes because at the moment I can't predict quite which team it could be. I do think I have to sign some players. I do think PSV and the Bosch will improve a lot. But at the end of the day, I think Final have got that little edge because of slot, because of a couple of the players they've got. Jimenez being the best striker in the league now, like you said. Yeah, I don't see it happening. Um, below down the table, whilst we'll talk about each of these teams individually, I've noticed we're both for Almir to be finishing bottom. Um, I've gone with AKC really dropping like a stone this season and finishing 17th. Um, Mike, I think we've both gone for Volendam and Heracles being 16th, 15th respectively. Bits of piece of overlap there. Um, and that mid-table bunch, that could be quite tricky to call because quite often they're only separated by a couple of points, aren't they? <laughs> Some parts of a table. And um, that mid-table pack, I think whilst my team's at the bottom, I'm pretty confident about the bottom five. I would say the mid-table bunch, any one of them could be finishing in the top eight, which could potentially give uh, Conference League playoffs. Uh, of course, this season, the AWC will have six European places to give out. If the cup winner is a team at the top, then we could be looking at um, top two being Champions League tickets, third being Champions League playoff position, um, fourth being Europa League, and then fifth uh, being Conference League and sixth tonight being the playoffs. Um, that would be very exciting for the league, won't it, Mike? And do you agree as well that it's quite hard to predict who will finish, for example, seventh and eighth? Yeah, I think the... Looking at it, you'd say that we've pretty much picked similar teams to be in similar yeah. places. And I think once you get below, you know, the top teams, you know, you've got 20 who probably in a little pool of their own that are just below the top four, but just ahead of the rest of them. But then after that, you've got a couple that could either have a great season or could be absolutely horrible and drop right down. And it, like last season was the same. You've probably got going to go into the last couple of rounds where anyone from you know 15th could finish top top nine because it's going to be so close yeah, down there, there's so small margins between some of the sides and yeah, I think that it's it's pretty hard to predict. And I think last year we probably would have all said Von Dam would be bottom of the table and halfway through the season would look like yeah we're right, but then they climbed out of it and, and shocked everyone, but. Yeah, I think we're both looking at Almir City, thinking, how are they going to have the quality to stay up? But yeah. strange things have happened, and they know yeah. how it could be come come June next year. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a tight, tight race, a tight hit the bottom again, and then a tight in the middle as well. So, the extra European places makes it makes it very exciting, and it gives like opportunities yes. for teams like NSA and Fortuna Sittard, RKC. You know, these teams that have a good season, they can get into a European playoff spot, which is huge. So, yeah, it's exciting. Exactly, because that if that top five um, that we both predicted there, they all get the European tickets like this season, you, you're going to see a team such as Utrecht and you see Vitesse getting a Conference League spot um, in, the, in the qualifiers. In terms of the quality of the league then, I've got a couple of questions there, Mike, and then we'll get on to the, each of the rest of the teams we haven't talked about yet. Do you think the league as a whole has improved over the past 12 months in terms of European level? 
Uh, I ask you that because this season of the Eredivisie could be, I mean, very, it could be likely to be uh, a top five European league. And great to say that football Anya is the best English language output, of course, Dutch football, <laughs> the only one. Um, <laughs> but we could be talking about this show could be a top five European league show um, because the quality of the league has improved. Has it improved enough to be better than League A and the Portuguese league, in your opinion, Mike? Yeah, I've, the argument I've always had, and there's, there's people on Twitter will tell you that the French league's way ahead of the Eredivisie, but is it? Like, hmm. How? If you took PSG I and mean, the money got... that they have out of that league, yeah. what team can what team can Feyenoord not beat in that league? Like, it's none of them. Like, same for Ajax, same for PSV. If you pop them in that league and put them up against Monaco, Lyon, um, Lille, Nice... Anyway, How about Marseille? PSV would be. Then that's the sort of level maybe you're at. You know, PSV Marseille. That would mm. be a close game for me. I don't think Marseille would come and absolutely smash PSV. I don't think they would. Maybe quite tight. So I think the best in the Eredivisie can battle the best in France, except for PSG. But PSG have probably about Same. fifty times the budget of the top yeah. four in the Eredivisie put together. So. That's just an outlier. But yeah, it's exciting. I think that in terms of the quality, I think that the problem that we had for years was not the quality of the top four, it was the quality of the teams below them. And that's why teams wanted to go, like players wanted to leave because the teams below didn't have enough quality to prove a challenge. And the pitches were all fake. They were getting injured. You didn't really want to play in the league because you, know, you go to somewhere like Excelsior, they're playing on a plastic pitch. You go away and you beat them 6-0 and you're like, well, what's what's the point? I think in terms yeah. of the quality of the teams below the top is improving. The league's getting rid of the plastic pitches, which is a huge relief. And yeah, I think that they're out of busy at the moment. You've got 20 coming back from when they came down, went down to the second division. They've come back. They're challenging again. You've got teams like Pex Vola and Heracles coming up and they're out of the busy sides. And if you look at the second division at the moment, there's three or four teams that you think, oh, they're Eredivisie quality. They can't yeah. even get in the league now. So yeah. I think as a whole, Dutch football is improving. The standards improving. The second division is improving. And that, for me, is why the Eredivisie is now getting further in Europe. It's not, you know, Vitesse doesn't get knocked out by teams from Luxembourg anymore. You know, 20 got through a very sticky tie. I think that Hammerby, though, Hammerby are a decent side. I think that out of any team that 20 could have got, they're probably the hardest one that they could have had. So mm. that was a good challenge to go for it. I think they'll beat Riga. I think they'll have them in the Conference League. And then, yeah, I think that... Who knows? Playoffs. Next season. Mm. Yeah, next season, who knows how, how far teams can go in Europa League, the Conference League again. Champions League at the moment, I think, still thinks a bit far off. I, I, I don't see Feyenoord reaching like, the semi-final or the Champions League or anything like that, but... For the competitions below that, I'd like to see a team go really far in the Europa League, a team reaching the semi-finals of the Conference League again, because these teams are, are good enough to do it. I think that the league's probably come on, first of all, because of the introduction of the next relegation place. That's kept a lot of teams on their toes. I have looked at you know the transfers this summer, and a number of teams have begun to spend money that I didn't think would have money. I mean, even Go Ahead Eagles spent 
something like one and a half million euros. That's the big deal for the Eredivisie. Teams would normally go for free transfers, promote youth players, go for loan deals. Those things are still happening, but you're seeing teams actually buying players. And I think that is because of a strengthening of the league. Um, there are teams that haven't, and we'll talk about those. And that's why they might then struggle this season. But then also the other thing that's really improved the league as a whole with quality is the introduction of a conference league, um, in my view. Whilst I know the, the KMVB's put in like the weekend break sometimes if a team's in Europe and they'll play in Thursday, not play the weekend, then Thursday again. I think those, those things are quite minimal. Um, plastic pitches makes the league more desirable, but again, a minimal change because we still haven't seen those completely being eradicated yet. You know, in a couple of years, it'll be different. But the Conference League kept, obviously, the coefficient points coming. And I think we'll always see, I, I think, a Dutch team go really far in that competition. We had final do it, gets to the final, we had Arsenal get to the semis. Who could do it this season? Maybe even Ajax drop into that competition this season. And Ajax come the end of the season could be a very different proposition. They could be a lot stronger again once young players have developed. They might want to go in that competition to sort of look look after their season. It looks a bit better. Um, yeah, it's come a long way from... I know, Mike, we both sat here when... And I, you've done football now long, longer than me, but I can remember when I first sort of started doing stuff with you probably like eight, eight seven years ago, and the Eredivisie was in quite a state. It was like 14th or 15th best league in Europe. It dropped It dropped all the way down. And the difference between our view of the league then and now is wildly different. Yeah, 100%. Like, asking uh, leaps and bounds, and you can see there's certain things that have happened since then that have probably helped, like Ajax getting so far in the Champions League. and Definitely. Yeah, the introduction of the, the Conference League, you know, Feyenoord getting so far, you know, the teams agreeing to share out money between the award teams in the league yeah there's, there's a lot of things that have happened in the, the past you know three four five years that have improved the league as a whole and i think it will keep getting better you know you've now got three champions league spots coming and it could be more in the future if it keeps going up it's and huge. up and up and yeah say az Alkmaar get third this season and they get into the champions league you know qualifiers the players that they can then attract and the players that they can then keep at the club is huge because even though we're saying the league's improved, the best players in the league have still left. And until that happens, that they're staying, then we can't really say that the Edvis is now one of the top leagues. You've still got Xavi Simmons saying, I'm going to be better off going and playing in yeah. Bundesliga or Leipzig. Or I've got Orkin Kochu saying that Benfica is a better option for me because they're going to pay me more money. You've got Milos Kerekes saying, nah, I don't want to play in Europe. I want to play for Bournemouth at the bottom of the Premier League. Until that stops happening, then the league's not going to reach the heights of you know top four leagues. So there's still work to be done, but it's going in the right direction anyway. Hmm. Well said. Let's go on to Twenta. We both thought they'd finish fifth this season, which would be the same as last season. Um, but they've got a new manager, Joseph Osting. Who did so well at Kasibaldijk? Uh, I really rate him. I really like him. He's a people person. He gets along with the players really well. Um, tactically, did well at AKC. I'm interested what he could do with Twente this season, given that they've lost Vaclav Cherny, Virgil Masidjan, two big wingers. I'm so surprised they didn't get to keep hold of at least Masidjan, for example. Um, and another big loss was losing Zaruki midfield. But they've kept Ugalde, they've signed him permanently. Um, 
Eunice Taha from Pexwala, um, Yuri here from Ajax, and actually Univar's Horizon loan as well from Ajax. Some young players in there. They've lost a bit of quality. Like we, like you said earlier, they are better than the rest, but they don't have enough to break into that top four, even with the influence of Osting. And I think if Twente get into Europe, um, in terms of getting through his qualifiers into the group stage, there I will definitely be on that competition. Um, I don't think they will. I think they'll struggle in the playoffs. They're going to have a difficult opponent there. I hope I'm wrong. But they will have an, a good season. And I think Twente fans are happy with that. Where they were a while ago, cash-strapped into the second league, them finishing fifth again and qualifying for Europe again is wonderful. And I think the fans will be very pleased. Yeah. I think the you know, last season was good for them. You know, losing Ron Jans as a ball, I think he, the job that he did at the club is was immense. Amazing. I think that he, he worked wonders with the squad that he had to get them to where they are now. And now you've got a transition to a new coach coming in. Biggest job that he's had so far in his career. Can he, you know, come out of the shadow of somebody like Ron Jans and and take them to the next level? And at the moment, I think they're a couple of midfielders short of being a really, really good side. I think that you've lost the rookie. You've not really replaced him. You've got Sadalek in there. Sam Stein's having the time of his life at the moment. He scored, oh, amazing. He has like six goals in preseason, yeah. scored both the goals in Conference League. But then you got Michael Vlap in there as well. I think that if they could just add someone else in there as like a, a ball winning midfielder to replace the rookie, then I think they'd be set. And then up Dude, front. Because I actually think that they don't need that kind of player. That I, I believe that they need a winger or two. They need someone who's really creative. Like I'd love them to have Noah Lung back. <laughs> I know they won't get that. They can't afford that. But that would totally change their team for me. I think that's why they signed. Inovar and the boy from from Pexvola, I think they they should be playing on yeah. the wings, but so far those things not used them yet. Um, yeah. He played Rots and he played a Gallaudet up front, and then Inovar and Vlap um, was on the left. Yeah, and then these players came on in the, the second half to try and change the game. So I think that if you have Inovar from the left, the Gallaudet from the middle, then that adds some pace. I think Inovar, what he showed at Trabzonspor last season wasn't enough. He didn't get enough game time. On the left wing for a young Ajax, he's been good. So now he needs to prove that he can actually do it in Eredivisie. And I think that this is a chance if he gets to game time on the left-hand side for, for 20, try and replace what they've lost in, in Misajan. I think Cherney is the biggest biggest loss for them. But mm. for me as well, they're now trying to transition away from Van Wilsfinkel being the main man to Gallaudet now being the main man. Yeah. So you saw it yesterday where and a week before where Van Wilsenkel was on the bench and it was yeah. a Gallaudet up front and it didn't work. And then having to bring on Van Wilsenkel and then the scraping wins because Stein's coming in and scoring goals. So it's not 100% working yet. So it needs tweaked and they need to add, I think, a couple of players for the, the transfer. It's, again, the, the, always the thing is it's that they could also lose players. You know, Joshua Brennett is still there. He could leave. If somebody realizes how good Small is on the left-hand side, somebody could pick mm -hmm. him up. Mies Helgers is still there, even though we thought that he would go and send a new deal. So, yeah, there's, there's a couple of players that could still leave. But overall, I still think that they're the fifth best side in, in the league. I don't think they have the players coming through that are going to elevate them to challenge top four, though. So, yeah, I think that they're sort of in that position of 
being good enough to finish fifth, but not any further. Yeah, I agree with you there, Mike. Let's move on to Utrecht. Now, they are one of the best of the rest. They have gone about some good summer business. They haven't signed any any world beaters, I don't think, but they lost Bastost, um, Sander van der Steek, some other players too. Um, but I've brought in the likes of Zidane Bell from Manchester United. I think he's gaining some interest online. Um, they've got a couple of loan deals permanent, Sagna and Barkas. Uh, they've gone for the likes of El Karawani, new left back. Matt Sunchins is a, has been great mid, in um, mid-table area to in the past. Um, Bosco Diana has also come in permanently. Azar Khan, who did well at Excelsior last season, is a good winger. He's come in. They spent um, around five, six million euros, I think, Utrecht, which is a good outlay of money, backing Michael Silberbauer, the manager who um, came in last season. And by the way, in a league that's gained eight new managers this summer, you know, Silberbauer still is one of those new managers as well. This is a team that could could impress. Uh, but for example, signing Lidberg from Go Ahead Eagles, I'm not sure if that, how that improves their team, really. It depends, I, I think, on what Silberbauer does tactically, what he can do with these players. Can he get the most out of them? Or will they just be uh, another best of the rest? Hope for the best in the playoffs again. Yeah, I make a mistake with Utrecht every single summer, thinking, oh, they've done good business this year. Mm-hmm. This is their yeah. year where they're going to challenge. And they did absolutely nothing. And there's part of me again looking at the squad, being like, oh, this is their year. This is their year. You know, they got Zarkan now. They've got like Bowen there. I think that I think Wedberg and, and Romney are, are smart air divisie signings for oh, like, a team that yeah. wants to push to the next level. But as you say, they could also go the other way and be absolutely terrible and then drop down to like, eighth ninth but they've managed to keep hold of taylor booth who i thought would leave after what he did last yeah. season they've got a good spine you know sander van der Streek's still not signed for anyone he could come back i think he was he's very important for them over the past few years but yeah it all depends on who's gonna uh, do the cast is he gonna stay you know out of his joint top goal scorer last season can he really keep hold of him or is he going to be one of his players that leave just for the transfer window closes if they can keep him brilliant and i think they have to basically a goal scorer that can take them to the next level but yeah i say about you try to have a year that they've signed really good this is going to be their time then it doesn't happen i think if they are going to have a great season you're looking at them challenging 20 for fifth and that's probably about it and maybe challenging for european spot if they if you try can get back into europe that's an, an amazing season for them that's what they're pushing for exactly then they can take it to the next level this is the year that they could take, do that. If they get to the playoffs, they could be the best team in the playoffs. And yeah, what's what's root for them to maybe go far in the cup competition and go for a European player spot? Because we still have gone out and they've bought the players, they're spending a bit of money, they're showing a bit of ambition, and hopefully they've got the right man in charge and Silberbauer to actually take them to that next level, or he could be one of the first head coaches to get sacked. I agree, because they've given him confidence. They've backed him with the money they spent. And uh, yeah, the club are obviously aiming for European football, but not aiming to challenge the title. They want to, they could, they could, with this extra European ticket, they could win the playoffs and be, they don't have a Twente or an RZ around to try and beat now. Um, but if they dethrone Twente and get in the top five, then they get that European spot this time. Um, yeah, this is a team that could, could go, go on and do more. Got some young players that go and impress. But it, because of, 
you said that you could see it going either way. That says to me that there could be a bit of inconsistent inconsistency coming. Some good times, some bad times throughout the season. And they played PSV on the opening weekend of the season. They could go and beat them, and then you know draw nil nil or something at home to a team that they should be beating the week after or something. Um, I, I think I'll keep my mind open to them, but um, I think we're both seem to be sick for a reason that you know not going to quite be better than the rest um, that are above them. Should we move on to another team? And it's quite hard to know where to go next because we talk, talked about the Eredivisie big six. Um, I, I think we'll go for Test Arnhem. They've got quite a bit of reputation, I think, in terms of their playing squad, in terms of the manager, Philip Cock, who's there. He was another one who joined throughout last season. They haven't bought fantastically, but I think what they will have, though, is the fact that Van Hinkle and David Proper could be fit to experience midfielders there um, because they lost a whole bunch of experience but also a bunch of kind of mediocre players that don't really push them onto the next level. I think Vitesse would like to be back in the top half, the kind of European question again. Um, can they do that? I mean, I went with them being eighth. I think they they should comfortably be a top half team though with, with the quality they have. I think the question mark will be whether Boutra, the striker that signed from France, I think he's done well in like the French third division, <laughs> scored a bunch of goals there. Could he hit it off in the Eredivisie? Um, it's the league to do it, if you are. If you're going to score lots of goals coming from another country, this is the league to do it in. Um, so he could be good. Eli Rome's come in as goalkeeper. I think he'll be a steady pair of hands, having had a couple of duds in the past couple of seasons. Um, yeah, what do you make of their chances, Mike? And could Koku push them onto, onto heights? Could they, for example, push into the top six? I hope so. I think the, the last year was a bit of a disaster for Vitesse. We've been so used to them being at the top of the table, um, you know, being that sort of 20th side, just outside the top four, when they actually mm. drop back down, you're thinking, wow, that's that's a shame. But I think this year, they do have players that can take them to the next level. I think that they've kept Manhoff. I think Millie Manhoff is one of, if you're looking outside the top four for who's the best player in the league, Manhoff's name's going to be up there for some people as one of the best players and I think that I'm surprised he didn't get a move above or even to another league this summer mm-hmm. because I think he's he's got a lot of quality um and a couple of players have signed you know Hamulic the striker is from Toulouse you know he's a Bosnian international he could be okay um didn't really do much at Toulouse after they signed him but I think he could do do okay and I think that as you said the main thing is that they get Van Hinkle and proper back They've got Telemans in from PSV. I think that Telemans is one that interests me because I think that PSV wanted to keep him. Um, he was the star of their young PSV side that won a trophy last year. And I think that they were, they were keen to still have him around, but he decided now nah, I want to go off and get some first team football somewhere. He's gone to, to Vitesse. So he could be one to watch. He's one of the you know, breakout stars of the league. Defence, yeah. they got you know, Mirren, um, Mullenstein, decent air of defence in there. Then they've got youngsters as well. They've got you know a young guy called Jonathan's a winger. They've got Simon Van Duvenbuden up front. Um, Jan Direct, another winger as well. A couple of young players that have pinpointed it. The tests are quite exciting. So I think they'll be a good watch. I think they'll be well managed by Koku. And yeah, I think they, they do have a really good chance of making the playoffs this year. I've got them seventh. I think that's where they 
seventh, eighth is probably where they're aiming for. So steady progress from last season, a bit better, more wins, and then a place in the European playoffs. And I think that Vitesse will be more than happy with that. Mm. And one more team that I think could be up there, top half definitely, and could could be a surprise package. That's why I've gone with them being seventh. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they could even push on even higher than that. Is any scene I'm making? They have strengthened really well, um, in my view. Getting Sancho Hansen um, from Ajax, that could be very good. Um, Yuri Bass has arrived in loan from Ajax. Then they've brought in um, a Bram Nautink from. He used to be with that club a long time ago, like Last Schoener, for example, kind of a club hero. Um, and a few other players around that. Ross, a centre back, a uh, Danish centre back, is coming on loan. Uh, they've got a player from 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 Sweden. He's Norwegian, um, Larsen, and then another loan player, Gonzalez, another winger, Agoa from from Japan, um, Hoymakers, who got relegated combo last season, but was a good midfielder. So it's kind of some unknowns in there. I've got to say. But they they inspire me with confidence. They've had some good results over pre-season NEC. I mean, they beat Venezia, for example, um, just today, I think it was. Uh, they are a handy team because of the likes of Scherner being in there. You know, Yasser Silas is still the goalkeeper there. It's a major coup still for the club. Um, only really losing Sissoko to France. I think he will be missed a little bit. The other players are missed. They're, they're lost. I don't think they're going to be... You know, you're going to say, oh, it's a big gap because of them them gone. Um, and that's why I think they could do something. That's why I think they could be a surprise package. They've got good home support. Um, they've got some technical players. I think they've got some goals in them. The other thing for me is I don't know about Roger Meyer's manager. Fans go blow heart and cold on him. But given he got them promoted, he's kept them in, in the league. It could be about to push on and do something even more. It would be terrific, really, for NEC. Um what do you make of their, their chances this season, Mike? Yeah, I'm excited to watch them. I think that Sante Hansen's a player that I've been hoping to break out for the past few years since you know, he was in the Netherlands under 17 sides and under 19 sides. And you're thinking that this, he's going to be you know, a world-class talent. It just never happened to Ajax, whether it was injuries or, or form or you know, not signing his contract and getting dropped and behind the scenes issues i think that this is his season to prove himself and i really hope he does it you know i've seen players leave ajax before and, and not be able to to live up to it but i think hansen has all the capabilities of being a really quality air divisive winger and I, I think it's a very smart move from anything i making to to bring him in because he strengthens that attack that yeah they lost Sissoko, but Sissoko wasn't a starter really last season he was, he was hot and cold he brought in all the money for them which is great for the club but yeah. You're looking at, you know, they've lost, I'm looking at the players that went out, you know, you had Tanan in there, but Tanan was, you know, brilliant one week, sent off the next, you know, and then you miss him yeah. for three games because he's done something stupid. So I think getting rid of him, um, bringing some calm around the side, and they've still got the, the experience quality of Sillison in there. They've got, you know, the last of Shona in midfield. Dirk Proper in midfield, even though he was getting linked to other clubs this summer as well. I think they're adding Hudemakers in there. The worry for me would be up front, who's going to score the goals? Um, do they have a striker that's capable of scoring up to 10, 12 goals? I don't know. I mean, only strikers I can see here are you know, Pedro Marquez. Didn't really do much last season. 
We signed uh, Ogawa from Japan. Could be a revelation. It looks like he scored a lot of goals in Japan. Is he good enough to score all the goals in their division? We'll wait and see. Could he do with bringing in maybe another striker that's more so their division before the summer transfer window goes? If they get that, then yeah, I think that they are a side that can push for a European player spot. And I think they're a side that a lot of people will enjoy watching this season. Okay. Um, I think we'll keep going down the table, shall we? I, I've got an, a, a feeling that Go Ahead Eagles could be another outside chance kind of team this 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 season. Um, but I, I, I don't know. They've spent a bit of money, like I said earlier, um, bringing in some some players from around Europe. They've potentially got a new striker in Edvardson, to add to the other Edvardson, um, both Scandinavian. Uh, they've 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 did okay last season. I think they had some good technical players. They've they've kept them. They haven't left yet. For example, Bobby, Bobby Adekanya hasn't left. Good attacking midfielder. So they're well equipped again. Um, I'm not really the biggest fan of Randy Harker as a manager, but he did okay and surprised me. They lost the first five games. I think it was go ahead Eagles last season, and then take that away, and then the rest of the season was pretty good, pretty consistent as well actually, because they didn't have bad periods of the season apart from those first five games. So it could be a team. I've got them to finish the top half. Um, a, a nice stable mid-table team, surely. Yeah, I've got them fair teams, but I mean, as I said before, I think there's so small margins between these clubs around this area that you can't finish yeah. fair team for, you can't finish ninth. There's got to be like two points in between it. And yeah, I think that Guad Eagles have I mean, they've got quite a big squad looking at it here. You know, they've got quite a lot of players. They've got quite a lot of good quality attacking players, you know, for a mid-table attack, like, side. And Bobby Adekanye, I think, had the season of his of his life last year. I think he was one of his players that he was a wonder kid. It didn't work out. Then he was mm. going to be a journeyman, it looks like. He seems to be quite happy at go-ahead Eagles. He's, he's one of these players that easily could have left this summer to go to, like, Bulgaria or something like that. Um they never hear of him again until he comes back to another division club in three years. But the fact that he's stayed, I think he'll be in for another good season. I think they've got good underrated Eredivisie players, such as Lindhorst who came back. Williamson from midfield, I think he's really good in midfield, scores goals. Yeah. And yeah, these, you know, advertisements that have coming in could be great. It could be a revelation that they've brought in, somebody that nobody really knew of, and then they scored the goals that, that keep them in the league. So I think the, the players that they've lost, you know, Wedberg did okay for them. But that's really, really it. I think that they're in for another steady season where they're not going to be troubled by relegation and they could push on to the playoffs, might just finish below it. But that's the sort of side that go-ahead Eagles are at the moment. They're sort of, I'm a comfortable mid-table side and I'm quite happy with that. And I think that's what season they're in for. And the fans would be happy with that too, given that they were in the second division for a little bit, you know, coming back up from Genoa and the NBC, you know, could be in a shout of getting the Conference League playoffs. Um, that's what makes this league so competitive, those, those playoffs. It's nice to have that for teams to push on to. Then we'll talk about one more team that in a more positive light before we go into some teams that are in a bit more of a negative light. And that's Sparta Rotterdam. I don't think I us think that they genuinely could be in any kind of relegation trouble, but I, I don't think they'll be quite as um a surprise like last season i don't think they'll be breaking into his top six or seven for me um you don't know is now the manager uh, of, of them um 
Leone did lose. Morris Stein, of course, the Ajax. Rice Dyke was sort of promoted because they couldn't get in the manager that they wanted. There were two or three names thrown around to, to come in, but they didn't. And they, they turned the opportunity down. And Sparta have, have brought some players in. There's a few players that have been around the Eredivisie for a little while. It's just Bakari, um, Pella Clement, uh, Volmadam. Uh, then, then there's a few players I'm not too aware of. You might want to fill us in on those, Mike, because they look like they could be exciting ones. I know we have um, an American audience, there's an American player that's coming in. Um, and they've they've not lost a great deal. Um, Sambo going back to PSV, of course, is a notable one. Um, Awasar experience, Pinto's experience, Myers experience, Namli in midfield, Dirk Arbels has gone. So they've had to kind of reinvent their defence. But I don't, I don't think in terms of playing squad, they've lost too much so far. Van Croy is still there. Thought he might have gone. This seems to be a continuing theme. You know, these players could go by September, but it would be good for the Eredivisie as a whole if these players can stay in the league. Because um, Sparta are, are a good team. And for me, I think they'll be mid-table this time. How about you, Mike? So this is another caveat of at the moment, I've got to make yeah. it. But... By the end of the transfer window, I could easily drop them down to about 13th, depending on what happens. Because if they do lose Van Croy, who was outstanding for them last season, if they do lose Waritzen, who was outstanding for them last season, and if they do lose Kitoano, who was outstanding for them last season, they could all drop away. So the thing is with last year is that they seemed to hit the point where they had a good manager, and they had a very good squad and both things clicked and it worked and they caused a lot of surprise to be from many Tottenham for a relegation battle to get into European playoffs. And that's because of the goals of Oritzen and Van Croy, because Saito on the wing was so exciting and getting goals, Nikolai in the goalkeeping slot, making save after save after save. Those players are all still there. They've added some, some good quality in there as well. And if the squad stays together, then yeah, they're good enough to reach the, the European playoffs and push on. But the, the manager's an unknown. There's still weeks left in the transfer window. You've got players like Van Croy who have said openly that they want to move on. So yeah. yeah, the squad could get pulled apart and then it could all fall apart. But if you're positive, it's not happened yet. So it could still still stay there. Mm-hmm. You know, Ajax were sniffing around the eye, decide not to go for them. I think that's a mistake from Ajax's point of view, but you still got a top quality goalkeeper in there. The players that have signed, yeah, there's some players that have been around the Eredivisie, as you say. The American that signed from from Omel seems to be a exciting winger. Scored seven goals for for Omel in Belgium. Had a spell on loan at Hadrick Split. Didn't score there, but seems to have a decent amount of quality from from a, a winger for Sparta. But yeah, Django Warmerdam, reliable. Pelly Clement, reliable. Cybercarry, reliable. So yeah, I think the, the signings they've made will keep them around the mid-table for me and keep them away from any sort of danger. But the main worry is that their clubs around or clubs in Europe, they're going to be sniffing around some of their best players. And I'm rather surprised it hasn't happened so far. I think if Ajax mm-hmm. and... AZ need a striker towards the end of the window. Someone will pick up Oritson because he's done it in the league. So I can see that happening. And to be honest, I'm kind of surprised that somebody's not taking a punt on Van Croy, like maybe FC20, if you need a winger to replace Vakov Cherny. 
there he is. So, yeah, we'll see. There's still weeks to go, and it could happen. But at the moment, Sparta always had a good academy, got good players at the moment. I've still got them in eighth, but that could change. And a lovely club as well. And I'm sure they'll be happy with the mid-table season. It's it's um, another good achievement for them with all the changes that could happen. Uh, let's change our sort of outlook on the league now. Who could be in trouble? And who better to start with than little Almere City? Um, I don't think any Almere fans first of all listening, but if they are, welcome. Um, I don't think they're going to be too kind of surprised by us saying this and us calling them a little club. They do have the smallest stadium in the league alongside Excelsior. That's how small this club is. But a lovely kind of small city in the Netherlands has come to the Eredivisie. They've, I think the Eredivisie ultras, the real fans here that might be listening, might recognise them as uh, FC Omniworld from goodness knows how many years ago now, about 20 years ago. They were a thing. But that's who Almir kind of are. Um, Almir themselves have never been in the Eredivisie, but their previous kind of entities have been. Um, they have picked up Pierre Coat Miners uh, on loan from RZ. Cheryl Floranus has come back to the Eredivisie with a right back. And um, Robinet is a, strength, a French striker, another one from the French Third League. Um, 26 years old, coming in. Can he score some goals? We'll see. Not lost them any, many any any players really. Um, the thing for me that made me think I don't think they'll stay up is that Alex Pastor is the manager. He's gotten them up, but I've never really been a fan of Pastor. Um, that's how much a league for a good decade at least. He's never really impressed me. I don't think he's got the magic that some of these other managers have had since they've come up to a league. And for example, Vim Young, outstanding manager last season, um, and getting them promoted as well. On them. But you know, Pastor Almir, don't see it happening. I don't think they'll be the whipping boys, like we said last season of um, Volendam, because we d- did both predict that. But I do think Almir finished bottom. You do too, Mike. So you obviously got me very, very um, amazed by what is coming up here. Yeah. I mean, you look at the squad, and there is some names that you've heard of from, from past years in Eredivisie. You know, you've got Florence in there. You've got Perkett Miners who did okay last season. Excelsior didn't do anything mm. wise and on there. You've got Anthony Wimbomb, and then you've got Raja Van Lepara on the wing. Raja Van Lepara being sort of like a a cult hero for Army of State in the second division. You help them get them up, but I can't see them having the goals. You know, up front. Yeah, Robinet from French third division have got. Gerdy Hilterman, who is a player that played for years at you know, the second string of Utrecht. So, yeah, I, I don't think, I think the days of having an Eredivisie whipping boy that, you know, you beat 12, 13 now are gone. But I just can't see Almere City having this sort of campaign that keeps them up. I think they're a surprise promotion. And, yeah, I don't think there'll be a surprise relegation. So I think the teams above them just have too much quality for them. And while I don't think they'll embarrass themselves, I don't think they'll stay up. I don't think they'll have enough. Whereas I think that the other two promoted sides that know the league well and have been there before do have enough. I just think Amir City don't have that quality edge to really cause an impact in the league. Could be totally wrong. It might end up finishing 13th, but yeah, at the moment, I just can't see it. 
Yeah, uh, and I agree because of the reasons you said. And um, let's talk about Heraklis and Pexwala. Funny enough, we both put them 14th, 15th. Um, let's start with Pexwala. Uh, Johnny Anson is a manager. Uh, they've brought in a bunch of players. I won't list them all, but the ones that stood out to me were Shibora, who was class at left back for Heracles in the past. Um, he's coming on loan from Italy. Um, Dalf, who was a former RZ second choice striker, he's coming on loan as well. Uh, Thomas Lamb has come back to the club. They had a little centre in Australia, but I think he's a good centre back for this level. Um, for Mia, probably the biggest one of them all, the goalkeeper. He used to play for Ajax and Final 37, but I'm sure as a goalkeeper that age, he's still got it. Um, and and a, a few players around that as well, Yunus Lamy, um, McNulty, who's done with Nat Breda. But they, they did lose, of course, a good number of young players. They lost uh, Balen and uh, Van der Belts to Feyenoord, Tahas Twente, Van den Berg to Middlesbrough. So they've lost like young young talent and, and good, really good young talent. They were like key players for the club and brought in lots of experience, um, people that didn't know the Eredivisie before. But I think they'll be all right. They have enough. Having seen teams come up from the Eredivisie in the past, they've got lots of like, unknown quantities. I think we know what we get with Pexwala that they'll be okay. Um, they will have times in the season they struggle, I'm sure. They'll probably go to Feyenoord or Ajax or lose quite heavily at one point, but on the whole, they'll be okay. Yeah, I think they've got enough about the squad. I mean, they've brought in Kevin, Kenneth, Vermeer, and they've got Shendor, who's Netherlands under 21, a national goalkeeper, so he's, he's highly thought of, so it might not even displace him, but it's good to have that backup option who's got the, the experience. But as you say, Jabora, I think, is an excellent signing for a, a team that's just come up. Drift will score goals. Then there's a couple of young players that have come in. You've got Burmester on loan from AZ, who has a good reputation for, yeah. for the second string. And you've got Villanis, who never really made it at Utrecht, but has always been around second string at Utrecht and has always made a good impression in the second division. So he's getting a chance, should he can do it in the Eredivisie. A couple of years ago, there was articles going out about the best youngsters to watch in Eredivisie. One year, it was all about Davy Vandenberg, who was at Utrecht at the time. And then he got a really bad injury a couple of games into the season. And then that was it. You never really heard of him again. But then he went down second division. He's been playing with Pexvola last year. He's back in Eredivisie with Pexvola again this year. And I'm excited to see what he can do in the top fight. So... I think they have enough quality around there. You've still got Ryan Thomas in there, come back from his injuries. Thomas Lamb, we know him from previous years. Bram Van Poen still being there as captain. So, yeah, it's, yeah, there's a lot of players here that you know and they're reliable. It's, yeah, I think they have enough to finish comfortably mid-table. I've got them in 14th, but even if they finished higher, 13, 11, 12, I wouldn't be surprised. Be surprised. So, no. yeah, I think they've got enough to keep them up. Yeah, solid. And um, I think just a notch below that, I've got them um, in, in this kind of bottom four in my head anyway, um, is Heracles. I think they'll have just enough to stay up because they have, um, you know, Yetra Willems turning to a bit of a journey in my nose, isn't he? but he's come in um, left back, got Engels, who, who did it, did some stuff at one point in the other city. The lovely names, Jiz Hornkamp has come in from Willem Tway um, to show that he's, he's great. Arnie, I was rolling my eyes. Like, oh, great. We've got that name coming back to our league. 
Plus a couple more, you know, they they, they look okay, actually, Heracles. And like you said, good to have two middle-sized Eredivisie clubs come back into the league, having had some quite small clubs in, without boost the league as a whole. Um, what are you thinking for this team? Yeah, I've got them just outside the bottom three at 15th. Um, I'm not as excited about them as I am about watching pegs four, but yeah, yeah. I mean, Emil Hansen scored a lot of goals in the second division last year, but he's never really done it in the top division. Maybe this will be his year to show that he can handle the level. Let's say Horn Camp's there, always good for a couple of goals and a laugh. The defense, <laughs> Justin Hugma's there. I mean, Justin Hugma was a good quality out of his defender for yeah. a few years until he got injured, and then yeah, you got Willems in there. For a bit of leadership. Marco Vajinovic is still there in midfield. I think it's a good all-round squad that's got some experience, some mid-table quality in there, but not enough to really boost it past you know lower mid-table. So I think yeah, you're looking at yeah, for me 15th, but if they finished 13th, wouldn't be be surprised. I'm just glad that they're they're back in the league. And I hope they don't revert to the old ways of, you know, signing you know, players from third divisions in, in Germany and in Portugal and not have enough quality to to play. So, uh, yeah, I hope they, they learned their lesson from going down and we start seeing a, a club a bit more ambition to, to take it to that next level. And then we could see them competing again for, for a top half finish. Yeah, because that's where they went wrong, wasn't it? They couldn't compete for those finishes anymore because they kept picking up the wrong players um, all the time. So uh, I, I, I wanted to come back a little bit to this table prediction because we've just gone through each of the three promoted teams that have come up this season. Um, and looking at, at the, the, team, the table we've predicted, I, I've gone with AK Sevalvike being in big trouble this season and finishing the bottom two. And you've gone with Excelsior. Um, let's talk about Excelsior first, Mike. Why did you go for them to be 17th? Again, I made the same mistake where you trekked every single year ago. This is their year to challenge. But if you Excelsior, I'm always like, this is their year to go down. And mm-hmm. they always pull off a surprise and they ended up staying up. But I think that they stayed up last year because they had good players such as good mind in midfield. They had Zarkan up front. Those two are now gone. And when I look at the players that they've brought in, I don't see the same quality that they're bringing in on loan. So you've got Hartges from Feyenoord, you've got Benita from Feyenoord, Kick Perry's back from, from Ajax to play in centre-back, then you know, Zagreb from Monaco, didn't really do much at Utrecht when he was loaned to them, then you got a couple of unknowns from Sweden. So I don't think they've really added enough quality to the squad. You know, Dijkhausen's a good manager, he's got a good reputation, even though he mm. you know, messed up when he went to, to England. But He's a good Eredivisie manager, but I think this year, I think the, the clubs above them just have a bit more. I don't know who's going to be the, the really creative spark for them on the wing. I think they could do with maybe asking Feyenoord for another couple of players, which you could maybe get some of their youngsters that aren't going to play first-team football this year. Um, if you get somebody like Malambo, that would be, be incredible. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be like on the cusp of them. If they can get Slory for the wing, then I'd be a lot more excited about watching them, but looking at the squad at the moment, I'm just I'm looking at it and I'm like, where's the goals? 
Where's the defensive solidity? You still got Mike Van Doyne in there. Yongo, Drake up front. Yeah. You see, I can yeah. I can see why you've you've thought that as I can't go into big one. Um, but it's up to these new signings, and I think the, the fact the clubs looked and uh, widen their scouting to to get these players. I do actually rate Leonard Harch as midfielder. Um, but yeah, the goals do these young players come in and do they do something? Um, doing a little bit of digging for them online. I'm not like amazed by them, I'm not like blown away, but I think that they'll add something a bit different to the league. You know, they're new centre back, a new winger. Um and, and I think I think a couple of final learnings will impress. Period coming back's good. And that's why I've kind of got them out just sort of within the relegation pitch, but not quite, you know, thirteenth for me. Um, I'm more confident about them than you are, but on the other hand, I'm not confident at all about Ekis if Olvike and you are kind of putting them more in a mid-table picture. And a bit of a disclaimer to that, we've kind of said that we wouldn't be surprised if teams are a bit higher or lower than what we said they are. But Ekis have brought in some journeyman players, um, Hank Fraser's a manager, and he's had some good times in his career, some lesser times, and him losing his brag at Utrecht, you know, hitting Amin Yunus wasn't a good look <laughs> uh i don't i don't i don't know how much of an impact he's had uh, with a national team I'm not sure there but then bringing in rumato jeffrey bruma aaron myers cleanisa for me that's not doing a lot when they've lost the likes of bel hassani i've really rated him as a creative spark um vananita is, is a massive one going midfield uh, Matt Searchins was their goals. Um, the, you know, part of what he created with Mikhail Kramer with with, uh, with the, the creative outlet of that team. Um, losing Clements, losing Bakari, a couple of players around that go also played a lot. They've, they lost, well, I can count here, you know, good about 10 players and replaced them with journeymen. I, I don't know what gives you that sense of security then perhaps being mid, mid-table. Um, is it because of Hank Fraser? Uh, do you do you rate him perhaps a little more highly than me? I think he's a good Eredivisie coach. I don't think he's great. I think he's he's one of these people that usually fails upward. And this is now probably one of his last chances to prove that he can do it in Eredivisie. The reason I've got kind of RKC finishing higher than you is I think that they've got goals from Michael Kramer. I think that, I think every mm. year. We expect him not to do it, but I think he still scores goals in this league. And I think that you have him up front. It's great. Yeah. And it's just, he's guaranteed at least 10 goals a season. I think it's again, he's guaranteed (laughs) at least 10. And he's got to be one that keeps him up. I think they've got good players. I think that there is a few out there that are are decent. I think Zachary Bakali, you know, obviously didn't work out from after PSV, but. He's got his moments. He showed moments last year. You've got Jeffrey Brimmer coming into centre-back position. Yes, he's ageing. Yes, he became a bit of a journeyman, but he's leader. He's leader at the back. He takes over from Werner Anita as that sort of one that's had the experience of going abroad and, and playing in the biggest leagues, and he comes back to play something like RKC. I think he can do all right there. Then you look at some of the young players who got up front. You know, Cleonese, I thought, showed decent things for 20 doesn't score enough goals for a winger, but maybe RKC's his level. And then Patrick Vro in midfield, players like Roy Kuypers, I think they're all decent Eredivisie players. 
So I think that, yeah, I think that they've got enough to keep them mid-table. And I think that because they've got somebody like Michael Kramer, if Michael Kramer wasn't there, I'd be saying RKC to get relegated. But I think he is their edge in this league. And he's the one that will come up. Because if you put RKC against Excelsior and Amir City, Heracles, these games are going to finish 1-0, 2-1. It's going to be scrappy. And then somebody, having somebody like Michael Kramer in there, I think, gives them an edge. And I think he'll be the one that, that does it for them. So it's all on his shoulders. If he leaves in there, they're screwed. Hmm. <laughs> this is a guy that was caught on camera having a burger, wasn't he? Um, <laughs> whatever it was. I mean, he, like, time once. man of the people. That's what he is. Man of the people. <laughs> Uh, let's go into Volendam. They've lost Bim Yonk, his manager. He's gone to this kind of like elevated role within the club, being like a technical director, which is a bizarre move um, for his career. But I suspect he just didn't quite fancy the management side of it anymore. I don't know. But I thought it was great. And he, his career was going in another direction. He could have it could have been final head coach at one point. It was rumoured. Um, they lost Stankovic, the goalkeeper, but brought in 19-year-old Backhouse. And he looks okay, actually. I haven't caught bits of him in pre-season. Part of me was really worried about Volendam. Matthias Kurler's taken over. He was like the assistant manager before. And I, and I do think they will be in relegation trouble again. And then staying up again is, is magnificent for the club. But they've got no way of kicking on. The thing for me that's stopping from putting them in a bottom two and you know, then finishing 16th is because I think one or two young players might come out come out of the woodwork and really impress. And Boyamba is probably their best player now as a defender, but he could still move on. Um, but if he stays, that's a great help. Um, they have enough in, in some parts of the pitch, but I don't I don't know where the goals are going to come from really now. Um, not sure. But I think they'll scrap their way. I think they'll just about stay up or the playoffs might see them go down. I, I'm not... I, again, I, I feel quite... I don't, I feel very confident about this prediction, but because because they could finish bottom and be humiliated, given they've lost their, their a really good manager and um, there's no way of them kicking on with no real transfers coming in. Um, you know, Carrot Itings again just comes to my head now. Another one who could leave in midfield, or if they've they've re, they're reborn with some new young players and Curlow is assistant manager before, it is better than Bianca. Maybe with the brains behind the whole thing. I don't know. But yeah, what would you think about them, Mike? Yeah, I've got them bottom three, and again, that's based on what they are now, and that's with yeah. Carl Iting and, and Buyamba in the squad. But yeah, it looks like Iting could even take them to Tribunal to try and get a move away. So you know, it looks like he might be going to Twente, and Buyamba's going to link to a, a Sampdoria. Um, but I think Buyamba's good enough to play, you know, top half, top top five there to busy. So I'm surprised a lot more clubs aren't in for him. Mm-hmm. Um, it surprised me that even, it was only a couple of weeks ago, I found out that he was even permanently at Volendam. I thought it was alone from Chelsea, but that was permanent. So, I mean, that was surprising to me because I think he's he's got a lot more quality in his game. And he actually popped up with quite a few goals last season um, for them as well. So I think he'd be a big miss. I think it'd be a big miss. And then who did he replace him with? Current squad-wise, there's not really anyone that uh, that quality, so they have to go out and buy somebody. They've only bought two players this summer, so that's a worry. But as you say, that Vondam have sort of relied on their academy over the past few years, and 
Yeah, they've got Billy Van Doyle, young defender who's playing last season when he was 16. They got Zifuik up front, young striker who was it Ajax he scored against when he came on as a sub. I think it was Ajax. He, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah, he's a big brute of a striker, and I think that if he gets more game time, then development for him, he could be the next one that, that comes in. But yeah, they're, they're a very mix of very young talents that are very unproven and some older players like Old Sheik's there, you know, Van by Maigum, Robert Murin. I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's one extreme or the other really with Van Dam, really young or really old. And yeah, I think that they're a couple of players away from losing away from finishing possibly even bottom, but we'll see. Um, I think it's a big ball for them to lose Yonk. If half the squad leaves as well, then yeah, I think they're in big trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could be in trouble indeed. I've got two more teams to go. So if you still listen to this podcast at this point, you must really love the Eredivisie. And we thank you for supporting us. Um, make sure you've liked this podcast wherever you're listening to it. And um, subscribe if you're new to Football Anya. So we have Fortuna, Sittard and Head and Vane to go. Let's go with Head and Vane first. And I... I had the pleasure of watching them in a preseason friendly that Huddersfield the other day. Um, and I'll tell you what, they are really good technically, this team. The, but they just need some new players. And at the minute, they have not come in. But if Head and Vane go and scout a couple of extra players that really kick them on, um, you could be talking about a team that could finish at least top half, playoffs, maybe even break into this seventh, sixth position because they have potential. Um, like I said, technically gifted. Saroui is a great attacking midfielder or winger. Um, I think that they've got some good experience. They've got a couple of players that will kind of like to move on, but they're still sticking around. I mean, Tom Hyer, midfield, could play in England. Um, you've got Bokovic, centre-back, experienced. Um, for me, one of the best defenders in the area is the outside of the top four or five. Uh, then you've got, um, obviously... Noppert, Andres Noppert, the goalkeeper of the Dutch national team as well. He, is, he on his day, is one of the best Eredivisie goalkeepers. They haven't lost a lot. I mean, Van Avijk was, was a big one going to Coventry, but it's given him a few millions, I think, to go and spend now. Um, City Van Hoydonk, he has gone, but I think he can be replaced with his goals, and they've gone for this Moldovan strike, haven't they, who signed from an Israeli team, and he could be could be good for goals in the Eredivisie. I think he could be enough. Um and a few bit part players around that. I think replacing a Van Avijk will be important because Hen and Vane love using their wing backs um, to get forward a lot. Kola, it's good on the left. On the right, it could be Hussein Ali or Denzel Hall, who's come in at right back. Um, and I think the only other thing after that is, will Charlie Webster be good on loan from Chelsea? I, I, I hear good things about him, that he could really start the season a bit quietly and then he might come in halfway through and, and really kind of nailed down a, a starting place because he looks technically very good, good pass of the ball. Um, yeah, I mean, at the minute, if they lose a couple of players due down to injury, then Hennevin will struggle. But I think really they'll be all right. Um, and, and they'll be okay mid-table. Case and Vondelen is also a very good manager. Yeah, I think that's the, the main strength is uh, um, being said is the fact that they've got a good manager in there. Yeah. Um, Van Wonderen, who has the ability to be the next one, that, you know, when a top four side needs a new head coach, and if they're looking around there to visit, then Van Wonderen's name is, you know, the obvious one to, to give a chance to. 
it had the reputation as being defensively minded, but you know, it's, yeah. it's not a bad thing in Eredivisie and it, it gets you places if you, you do well. So my worry is that, yeah, they've, they've not done as much on the transfer market as I would have liked them to, to push them on to the next level. I think two free signings so far, but yeah, they're probably waiting for that Van Evite money to, to use that. And now that he's actually gone, they can probably bring in another couple before the transfer window shuts. But as you say, you've still got players like you know, Tom Hay, who probably too good for his side. You've got Nopert still there. Even though he keeps saying he wants to move, there's nobody that's you know, hit that button yet to bring him in. And yeah, I think that I've got him in 10th. I think that's, you know, squad-wise at the moment, you know, Saru is the most exciting player in this, this side by far. Chain mm. Anoy's done okay. Um, but yeah, like they're, they're two to three players short, I think, of being a shoe-in for the playoffs. And I think it's a shame because Herenveen's a club that I would love just one year just to, to go all out and try and make the playoffs, try and make Europe again. Because when I was growing yeah. up, you know, I saw Herenveen in Europe. I saw them play Newcastle when they had Huntelaar up front. And they're a club that should be challenging for Europe but not just constantly happy with mid-table. It seems that every year it's just the same to get to the RWZ playoffs or the financial side of it, they don't really kick on. You get one really good player, he leaves, and then the squad sort of just goes down and down. They just need somebody with a bit of ambition to come in and just spend a bit of money, bring in a couple, two, three, four more players, add a bit of quality, and then take them to the level of like a Utrecht, because that's where they deserve to be. There's just, just, just not reaching what their potential is. And I think it's a shame because it's a club that I think a lot of people want to do well. I think a lot of people like their kit um, and like the aura of the club. And I think they've got a manager that can take them to the next level. It's just that he's not really got the squad to do it. Yeah, uh, we still have a month to go in the transfer window. You never know who could come in still. But yeah, on on, on the whole, it's again another season of recuperating from last season, um, probably finishing towards the playoffs and then probably taking a step back again, unless we're proven wrong. Um, so last team is Fortuna Sittard. Danny Bowers has come in as manager. He's, I think, all right for this this sort of part of the Edivisie table. I think he'll keep him out of Edivisie relegation trouble, but only just. I think there might be times where they struggle a little bit. Um, but getting Pandor, the goalkeeper, permanently is a good move. Um, I won't go for, all, again, all the players they signed this summer, but see how it's coming in. I, I've, I still don't rate him, even as an Eredivisie striker. I don't think he scores enough goals. Um, Mitchell Dykes has come in. Uh, needs to lose some weight first, uh, I've heard. But he could be good when he's fit. Halilovic has played Eredivisie before. Outgoings, George Cox. Our Englishman is gone. Very sadly, he could be about to get a contract in England, but he's struggling to get one. Um, you've got Yilmaz, who didn't work out for him, did it? Gosh, that was a story this time last year, but then... That all kind of went to pot. Um, losing Erdogan in midfield, a few others. I, there's some players that have come in that are kind of the same levels of players that have gone out, kind of much for muchness. But Danny Bowles coming in, I think, will make, have a bit of an impact on it. But he's not going to push him into the top half for me with Fortuna. Um, anything more to add on that? No, I think that, yeah, it was quite exciting last year to think that they would push on and be like, oh, Bart Yarmaz is there. Yeah. They're going to be challenging mm-hmm. for a European playoff spot, and it, yeah, it didn't happen. And yeah, I mean, 
it's a shame for George Cox because I think he consistently over the past two three years, I think he's been up there to say that he's been for Sitar's best player. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, I think he could do a job for another Eredivisie club if you want to come back to the Netherlands and you do a good job here. But yeah, I, the players that have signed Markello has never really worked out when he's been at Twenty or PSV. As you say, Dykes coming to twilight of his career, not really worked out the past few years. If he's not turning out fit, then it's it's not very helpful. Then you got Sirius, constantly injured, didn't make it in France. Um, had a one spell with Heracles that went okay until he got injured. So, point to prove. But Alan Halilovic, that's your that's your typical journeyman from Barcelona hmm. wonder kid to absolutely nothing to showing up at Hernvin now. Can they get the best out of him? I'm not Hernvin, Fortuna Sitar. Can they get the best out of him? Probably not. Um, so, yeah, I think it, you're looking at another mid-table. I've got him in 12th. Probably, probably the best they can, they can do. You still have some decent air division players in there, like Paul Gladden's always good for an off-the-bench goal here and there. But, yeah, if they get two or three injuries to key players, then you see them falling right down down the league so yeah I, I'm not getting excited about watching them this season anyway well that's probably what we talked about them last <laughs> um well we talked about each and every team there Mike and I don't we have not missed anybody out but a bump area of a season preview but not quite over yet Mike because I I would love to know who you think will be the top goal scorer in the league this season who are the contenders because Jimenez is mine but I am sure there'll be a few more that will be up there. I don't think it's going to be cut and dry 30 goals to Jimenez. I think we're looking at 2025 again. Yeah, I think last year was probably the worst out of his on yeah. record for years in terms of striker scoring goals. When you have Xavi Simmons finishing joint tops goal scorer, um, I think the striker union sort of let themselves down last year. Um, will it be better this year? You're looking at top teams at the moment you, you got Luke De Jong started for PSV Brian Brobby started for Ajax AZ Pavlidis could still be there or Gaudet Twenter not so far on what I've seen from him in the first two games mm-hmm. fair enough Kramer uh, no um, <laughs> but it could be one of these around. new players comes in it could be that um Head and vein, this new striker comes in and scores goals. Could be like Ogawa, NAC, pulls it out of nowhere. We saw it happen in Belgium with Ayazi Oeda, who's now come at Feyenoord. That, yeah, you could it, you could have Duvacast as well if he stays and pushes on for another season. Exactly, he could do it again. Um, you know, the tests have two new strikers, could be one of them, could be an absolute machine. Yeah, Halilovic, maybe. Um, Sparta, you know, Lauritsen still there could push on but i think if you're if you're a betting man your smart money's on on jimenez yeah but ueda depends they spend a lot of money on him he's not just going to be sitting on the bench mm. for the whole yeah. season so it's gonna be a good battle there and, you know in the next four weeks ajax need to sign the strikers so maybe they'll bring in somebody that's got a bit more of a clinical wow. finish in front of goal shall we say than than brian Brobby. so yeah, yeah. At, the, at the moment it's, it's jimenez all the way for me any flops? I, I love this term, especially comes to Eredivisie. What seems to be a question that we ask? Who will who will the flops be? 
I think in terms of in terms of players, um, ooh, good question. I think that Borges. Hmm. I think Brian Robbie's up there again because I'm really. Do you? Wow. If for the money they've spent on him, for the money they've spent on somebody that hasn't played a single senior game in their career so far <laughs> and paying upward of nearly 20 million for him. He could be the best thing that's ever happened or he could be another Durami. So we'll wait and see mm. on that one. But in terms of just players in the league, not new signings, yeah, I think Brian Brobby is another one. Kenneth Taylor is one you could say could be, yeah. could be a massive flop. Um, in terms of, of other ones, I hate to say it because I love him and I think I really want him to do well. If Calvin Stengs doesn't get off to a good start, he could go into that category if he doesn't perform well. But I, I think he will. Um, yeah. In terms of other clubs. Yeah, it's How about managers? Say, do you think um, Peter Bosch could be really successful, Peter? Because I, I think people on the outside of the ODC would look at him and say, he's going to flop again. No, nah, I think he's got a squad there that can push on. Because I think that... Mm. He's got the right characters around. I, I think that PSV are in for a really good season. I think they'll be right up there. I think that I just got this feeling about Noah Lang. I think he's in for something special this year. I think he's going to tear the league apart um, for me. Mm. But that's my my prediction on, on Noah Lang. I think he's in for for a bumper year. If his managers, you're going to Stein and Usting, I think, to be the ones that there's pressure on straight away. Superpower as yeah. well. I think that those three are the ones that I'd be like, I'd worry for their jobs if it doesn't go well straight away. I think the Morris Stein's the one that goes into the season with the, the most pressure on his, so, his shoulders. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel for him because he did really well last season and he's walked into a powder keg that could go off at any moment. So, <laughs> I hope he does well. I hope Ajax proved me wrong and all the players that have signed are absolute master strokes by Miss Lintat, who's an absolute genius. But and um you mentioned young players earlier who are the ones that are going to break through and that's quite a big question because you know we can't scan every team again but i know there's a couple of the tests you mentioned them manhoof and tillemans and they'll be my, my 11 of players i think would could do something really special this season um have good campaigns but are there any more that you think are worth talking about i think if you it's hard because when you're talking about young players, you gravitate mostly towards the top four who have the best academies. But Xavi Wallstra, Heron uh, mm. Bain's one. He scored a couple of goals in the early preseason. I think he looks like a good technical midfielder for them. Good young midfielder coming through. Van Va- Billy Van Doyle, uh, Zephyrk up front. Could be, could be nice ones to watch. Santa Hansen at NSA. Let's hope he has a break for a year. Um, going up the table... I think Ajax Hato is the main one. It's the obvious one. Then, other than that, Moambo at Feyenoord. I really want to see him get a chance, but they've basically signed too many midfielders for me to think that he will consistently get a game. Um, I think there's even talk about today about going on loan to Willem Tway. I'd, I'd rather see him on loan in the Eredivisie than go, drop down a division. Um, they're really excited about Leo Sir, the means the winger, a fine word, young winger. We'll see if you can do anything in 
we saw him today and um, Babadi at PSV I think that he's got a huge feature and I think that replacing Xavi Simmons is going to be easy but Babadi's one of the names that could slot in there and Shirandi Sambo as well I think Shirandi Sambo had an excellent season for for Sparta last year he's gone back to PSV and he could be one to to watch but there, there's so many I'm going to do an article of all the ones that you need to watch because Ajax have three four that could be there if you know they remain mm-hmm. fit AZ have Poku, Mirdink, Van Bommel, Adai, um, Ghost in, in defence. They have a couple of midfielders as well. Smith coming through. Um, and there's others that are AZ as well. They obviously won the youth league last year. PSV won the under-21 tournament. They had all the English teams in it. So you got you know, Jason Van Dijven there as well. You got Fodi Fofana, who's finally fit again. Yeah, there's loads that are, are there thereabouts, but at the moment, there's not anyone that I'm saying he's going to break straight into one of the top four's first teams and be a starter, except for maybe Hato and Babadi. But the rest of them seem to be at the, the periphery at the moment. And okay. actually, Eunice Minty, the, the Newcastle winger, because I'm a Newcastle fan, I'm intrigued to see what he can do um, if I am. Well, he's looked quite tricky. But Well, you say that, but I wasn't very impressed with him this uh, watching in the Jan Kravskal. Yeah, he came on. He, he's a bit of a times it looks like all pace and not much product mm. but from the pre-season friendly when he first came on and in his first pre-season friendly he looked rapid you take a bag of tricks but whether you can actually have some end product to him we'll, we'll wait and see what he can bring <laughs> but he played for the middle i thought coming on for him and was a weird weird place when he's, he should be playing on the wing and maybe it's just mm. because the radar's not there yet but we'll see what he can bring for the rest of the season okay um, before I ask you about any other business, Mike, uh, I also want to ask who do you think will go first in Europe this season? Just to remind people listening, you've got finals in the group stage of Champions League. PSV could qualify for that too, or the Europa League. Ajax, Europa League, Conference League. Then you've got said and Twente who could be um, qualifying for the Conference League group stages. We'll see. But who do you think will go the furthest out of those five? Ajax, because they'll drop into the Conference League. Yeah, I think so too. That's where my gut is. I think Ajax. I think Ajax don't quite go as far as last time. Um, Pierce will do what they always do. Muddle about in the Europa League. Probably get knocked out in the, you know, the last stages of those competitions. And final, probably get to the Champions League last 16. But then I don't think they go much further than that. Yeah, I, I can see like, final dropping into Europa League is not the worst thing if you finish third no. in a group. Um, but yeah. I think I think it'll cause a surprise. I think they can add the kite, they can they can take on anyone and give them a good game. So I think there'll be some good results in the Champions League, but whether they have enough quality to actually go far in the competition, I'm dubious. But I think they are in a slot in the Champions League group stages, getting a chance to prove himself. I think yeah. his reputation will be be exploding after the season. Mm. Um any other business then, Mike? Anything else you want to talk about? No, in terms of in terms of Eredivisie, that's, that's really it. I mean, we've got another month until we need to talk about the Netherlands again. I'm sure we'll be mm-hmm. the conversations around that and, you know, there's loads of transfers around where our players are going around Europe. But, yeah, I'm sure we'll get into that next time there's the Netherlands squad and we, we talk about some of the players that have been on the move. Absolutely. So lots more for our viewers and listeners um, to look forward to. Lots more podcasts coming up. So stay tuned for such stuff on the national team but also yeah lots to come in the Eredivisie as well this season um 
we will be talking about the league, of course, uh, ups and downs of that, lots of teams within that. But we hope you enjoyed listening to where we just talk about every single team. That's why this is so long, because there's not always that time in our regular podcasts um, to sort of pig out and just talk about this league, because it's a fantastic league. Um, and I think it will grow even more this season. It's been really encouraging to see lots of teams holding on to their good players. It's going to strengthen them. And I think we'll be talking about this league getting even stronger again come the end of this season coming. Um, Mike, thanks so much for doing this. And um, thanks everyone for listening. Watch him. Give us a like wherever you're listening. And uh, yeah, subscribe to us and find us, find our website, find the social media platforms and stick with us throughout the season. Hope you enjoyed. And um, yeah, thank you very much. I think it's time for us to go have a little sleep now. (laughs) 